0: episode 56 of Rumor of Requirement, our podcast dedicated to resilience and reason in the time of Trump.
1: Yeah,
0: we have uh,
1: Alexis back. Ah, yeah. Yes, hello. Yeah, I'm, as, I'm back.
0: As, as promised. Uh, it's, I've
1: returned to the show now with a new home. So, you know,
2: yeah, you're back. You're in the. You're in our neighborhood.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, I'm I'm loving it. I have a lot more apartment for less money. And uh, we're cutting that <laughs> <laughs> We're cutting that completely. Sorry to <laughs> gentrify yeah, the no. neighborhood. No, no, no.
2: It's uh, sure. it's not it's you alone. Uh, so what? So what do you think? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Well, oh, I love it. It's it's. Well, I don't want to say too many good things about the neighborhood because yeah, I know yeah, you guys are concerned. Yeah. <laughs> I might accidentally constant. sell it to more constant. invaders. But yeah. no, the food is good. Yeah. Like my rent is cheap. It's lively. There's people on the street. I was talking to a friend about moving out of Midtown East and how it's not, Midtown East is not sort of a good culture fit for me, neighborhood-wise, and I was like, you know, like, as I get, like, whenever I move uh, over to Queens, and I like the neighborhood, there's people on the street, they're talking, they're making normal levels of noise, I was thinking about what people in residential areas of Midtown East are like, like, what they look like on the street, and it's just a bunch of, like, white people who all look like they're trying to find something in the last ten minutes that a library is open (laughs) as quietly as possible while simultaneously like trying to win a contest for who can hold in a shit the longest yeah, that's, that's you know, like I <laughs> feel like that's the midtown face yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like i'm i'm sort of glad to be a, a bit away from that um and uh and yeah i mean there's lots of trains here so that's cool yeah yeah i'm
0: trying to think of things to warn you about like that. I no, would green warn no green space no green space so yes my wife and i are thinking about buying in like but there's no green space in midtown east side of it yeah in, so in... Uh, um, i have my
1: pocket park there's one pocket park there that i like
0: yeah they're like little weird spaces in midtown that you yeah. can find you're like walking and you're like oh this is a park and it's like kind of a nice little like yeah, yeah, that yeah. weird it's... waterfall on 53rd like that's yeah. the one Guess yeah one. <laughs> right. green acre yeah. park yeah, right, <laughs> right next to the synagogue yeah, yeah right yeah, yeah. um but uh my wife and i are thinking about buying and uh angela wants to move and oh, she yeah. doesn't oh. want to live in this neighborhood oh, and man. like it's going to be a back and forth but the idea is that she's like green space we need green space i want to live near a park and i'm huh. like I'm like that's the one thing the neighborhood can't offer, yeah. and it's true. It's they did a terrible job in but terms of who, planning grains. with the budget. we only but,
1: just become neighbors, right? I know,
0: right? That's that's kind of a sad. Oh well, anyway, there are many things. I I really don't want to leave this neighborhood. Is the point? I really like this neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> At some point, I realized uh, up in a bazaar, which I can't, which is the grocery store. It's on a uh, right on the corner. It may be open like 24 hours. I'm not exactly sure if it ever closes. <laughs> and so I live in a neighborhood that is like a. Twenty four seven Indian grocery store. I'm like, ah, I yeah. <laughs> feel, I feel like it's calling. Like, I mean, I feel like I've, I've found. This is where I've you. Heard... This is your home. Yeah, I mean, I may not shop there at three a.m., but it's nice to know I can. So, <laughs> so like,
1: sure can. so one thing that I did realize after I got back to this neighborhood, and I had forgot having to process this when I first moved to my last neighborhood in Midtown East, is that like there are laundromats here, and yeah. something oh, yeah. that I think people don't realize about living in Midtown East is. Where I was living, there was literally no, like, coin or cash-operated laundromat within, like, simple walking distance. Yeah. Wow. Like, you have to drop your laundry off if there is no machine in your building. And uh, and that's not the case here, which is just sort of refreshing, because I like the mobility.
2: I guess the other thing is, like, have you have you had a, a morning with the planes yet? Oh, yeah.
1: Um, The planes? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you'll, know, you'll know when it happens. Well, I, it's not
2: as frequently as well. It used to be once a week. Maybe even twice a week. But it's now, it's
0: now like they've like just timed time. it to when I need to sleep. Yeah, <laughs> when I <right>. desperately need <laughs> to sleep. Your one night. <laughs> yeah. One of my like that one Saturday morning between six a.m. and twelve, and yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, this is when they open up the corridor, and there's a plane flying overhead every forty five seconds. Yeah. Oh. They they like pack that corridor. Down. I see. Yeah. It's I maddening, see. but you know, also kind of charming. Yeah, <laughs>
1: but yeah. You're waking up. Early I mean, that morning. I'll keep an ear out for <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, there's a reason that this neighborhood has remained ethnic and middle class, and it's not because it's the greatest neighborhood in the world. It's because you do make compromises. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's definitely one of them. Yeah, uh, but yeah, like
2: I said, when I first moved here, it was twice a week, so it was just like you're fucking getting up. Like, <laughs> but, but now it's it's uh, it's about once a month, so it's okay. definitely easier to skip.
1: Yeah, I have not, I have not caught the planes yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's, 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 it's you know, something, yeah. yeah.
2: The uh, the Jackson Heights message boards frequently, it's like, that's me, there's like giant <laughs> friends that's all they talk about. Yeah. So people move here, and it's like a Tuesday, they're like, yeah. this is great, and then like, they, they're here like a week, and it's like, holy <laughs> shit, what are yeah. you Because <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like, it's like right over, it sounds like the, your roof is lifting off, it sounds like I war. Yeah. I see, it.
0: I see, it. Yeah. Years ago, I moved into a neighborhood, uh, in Crown Heights and I didn't I like moved in. I checked it out on Tuesday or something like that and I didn't realize this but as soon as I moved in like literally within five minutes I moved in I realized I moved Across uh, the street from an above ground shuttle subway oh, that yeah. ran all oh, no. the night, and like it was the like Blues Brothers. It, was, it was it was it's like one of the very few above ground like train stations, so, and it's right. We were actually oh, I was a, exactly like so. There's no it's the minimum distance from my ears to the like screeching oh, no. like wheels, oh, and oh, I was man. like. Oh, my God, it runs every 15 minutes, maybe oh, at night no, every 45 no. I was Like, there is no way I can possibly. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I immediately got used to it. Yeah. I immediately got used to it. But,
2: uh, yeah, no, it, it can't be beat. It's still it's still my favorite neighborhood in New York. But, yeah, so, it's a great neighborhood for sure. Uh, well, you make a fine addition.
1: I appreciate it for what it is. I'm not, like, hoping there are more Starbuckses soon. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Although um, the
0: Target is coming.
1: We're getting to
0: Target. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a like stop a,
1: order. A Target Express or something? Right? Yeah,
0: I'm not exactly sure of the dimensions, but I th- they put a work stop order, I think, and I think they restarted it or something, but then on 82nd Street, there's going to be a Target. Okay.
1: Yeah, I'm actually, I'm right yeah. by it. <laughs> uh, okay. When, I, when, yeah, when the co-op board interviewed me, they were like, that construction area is going to be a Target, and I was like, oh. Yeah, it
0: <laughs> great. Target's great. What are you talking about? I yeah. mean, I look I, forward to shopping in Target.
1: I don't have, like, a problem with Target. I, oh, yeah. I mean, I also don't have a problem with shopping at Walmart, though, yeah. when I live somewhere that's near one.
2: Ooh, uh, how's everybody's holiday?
1: My <laughs> holiday was fine. Yeah. I, uh, I went back to Connecticut. I spent some time with family um, a little bit before the holiday. During the holiday, I was unpacking. Um, so that was pretty much... What I did? How about you guys? How are you? How was your holiday?
2: Um, great! You know, I,
0: I I pretend that it doesn't happen, so it, uh-huh. it didn't effectively didn't for me. Excellent, I, yeah. good job. <laughs> how about you? Yeah. That's bleak. Uh, <laughs> I uh, somewhat ironically spent the most traditional of the Christmas with my
1: family, yeah, yeah.
0: and uh, it was good. Uh, my sister had a baby. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I uh, spent uh... not like
1: over the holiday.
0: No, not over the holidays. Close okay. though, yeah. uh, like uh, mid November. Oh. Oh, okay. okay. Mid November. So uh, still a little skinny. Um, but we, I took the a... baby. Is yeah. Is it okay. cute up nicely? <laughs> what? Cuting up nicely. Just as we were leaving. Yes, yeah. he finally got some some fat on the cheeks. But uh, mm-hmm. he's born a little skinny and probably a little small. But then. I and my wife, we showed up for, like, nine days. We provided, like, child care and, like, Yay. free meals and stuff Yay. like that to my sister. Uh-huh. So uh, my wife in particular spent, like, nine days cooking straight. Um, and it was just, like, day after day of cooking and making sure the freezer was stocked. And then, like, I would do child care. Uh, uh-huh. and, and then... So my sister could take a nap or run yeah. errands or stuff like yeah. that. Um, and then... Um, I would spend a lot uh, and then I spent another week or so um, plus some of the original week uh, with my parents um, which was interesting um, and dealing with uh, parents who were getting older and one of them not particularly uh, doing well with that but Mm -hmm. um, uh, but it was still like a Christmas holiday um, and it was fun in its own way. I saw a couple of people that I grew up with. That was nice. Um, and you know, uh, my wife didn't want to kill me afterwards. So. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most you can hope for. I spent like two and a half weeks with my family, and my wife didn't want to kill me. So,
1: I feel like I feel like we hear like a good number of my wife didn't or doesn't want to kill me. Update: Should we just assume that if you ever don't say that she? doesn't want to kill you, yeah, she that that means she's should. definitely wants to kill you <laughs> yeah, at that time? Is um, that what the, like... Yeah, this
0: this podcast is evidence that something <laughs> happens to Kamala. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so, <laughs> uh, maybe. I mean, I would say that, I mean, if something happens to me, you know, and I'm not, like, 89 or something like that, yeah. there's a good chance Angela did it. Chrissy Teigen carries a note that just in case she's ever found dead, uh, her she will always have a note that says John did it. <laughs> uh, that way, um, that way uh, he's arrested and he can't get remarried after. She's gone oh, home. I see. <laughs> it's Very romantic. I yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> love you, John. <laughs> very sweet. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, he is the whitest baby though. Like he's really? super, super fair. Like fair skin, dark blue eyes. Like
1: huh. yeah, oh, that's well, so weird. He's gotta have dark blue eyes.
0: Yeah, maybe. I mean, yeah, I don't
1: definitely... they start that way and then develop like yeah. a Polaroid? Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Um, maybe it's possible, but that, yeah. that, that that child does not look Indian, so.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you sound a little bit mad. I am. <laughs> okay. I'm really mad.
0: We lost out on Did the you, name. Did like, you scold them? Mm. We <laughs> lost out on the name. Like, it was really fa- Like, we realized that uh, culturally we've already lost the child um, because, you know, we, like we lost on the name battle. Is we he- certainly mm-hmm. lose the religion. Uh probably circumcised oh yes he's circumcised like all of these things that were like, all the cultural battles that we could have won we're never gonna win. and by, my sister is not like uh like we were trying to constantly correct her on how she uses like the few like Hindi or Gujarati right, phrases right, to like yeah, yeah. refer to the family members <laughs> and she just constantly forgets so there's no way like the, the child is going to have any vestige of, of being brought up as maybe like uh you mm-hmm.
2: know sometimes
0: it gets really like there's
2: a lot of like sixth generation Italians that really make it their thing. <laughs> I mean you never yeah. know. Like, and yeah. yeah. can yeah. always come back. <laughs> sure,
0: sure. I'm bitching about nothing I don't really care, either no way. I didn't marry into my own culture, so what do I give shit? Uh, but anyway the child is very very fair and has dark dark blue eyes so. I, bet,
2: yeah, I bet you're a great uncle yeah you're like an
0: uncle right maybe that's
2: just you're your sort of an optimal to, yeah. uncle this is, this I feel is like... your job to, like, instill that's true I'll have to
0: start like... yeah, I'll have to teach him the classics yeah 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 I teach him a few languages <laughs> right. yeah okay, let us know work. you're yeah. like
1: well educated, you're gently skeptical. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you're patient and yeah. reason. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you live in fucking New York. That's which true.
0: Is awesome. That's yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, right.
1: yeah. You're a cool metropolitan uncle. Yeah, That's Who lives yeah. on the Upper East Side? You know. Yeah, yeah who
0: lives on the Upper East Side? Yeah. Maybe by the yeah. or Midtown <laughs> or Midtown. <laughs> Maybe
2: by the just loving Jacksonites You could like really double down and be
0: like, welcome to your culture, <laughs> <Yeah. young> child. <laughs> show him <laughs> around. Yeah. Show up and only like a yeah. wife beater yeah. <laughs> yeah. and like like a a on a donkey. And, like, run. sandals and, like, you know, chupon. <laughs> like, drive a taxi cab. Just so, like, he's oh. like, yeah, this is what I do. Yeah, good. Yeah. Pull out the accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. To, like, give him Double a down clear. on all yeah. the stereotypes. Yeah, yeah, just give him,
1: like,
2: the, uh, a weekend every, like, couple yeah. months.
0: Yeah. That would be awesome.
2: Yeah. Well, should, there's a
1: ton of shit to talk about. You yeah, know, for let's, sure.
2: Uh, yeah. Get into that. But let's, uh... Yeah, so what, what do you guys want to start with?
1: Um, well... Uh, Nancy Pelosi, yeah. speaker for the House. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. Okay. You know, like, people were pushing alternate candidates, and I was like, well, the thing is, like, Nancy Pelosi is a treasurer of the Democratic Party. She's extremely yeah. effective. And the whole beauty of her position is that, like, in order to be a good speaker, you must be able to control people. So in order to take the speakership from Nancy Pelosi's hand, you must... Take the speakership from Nancy Pelosi's hand, right? Like yeah. you got to prove you can do it. Like you yeah. got to you got to wrangle votes, and so like. I think, so you it's think good. she's like an
2: evolutionary principle. Like oh you yeah, must, absolutely. You must overcome the Pelosi.
1: Yeah, yeah, in order yeah. To, no, like, I. Run the and so you Party. know, it's like it's like. These this, the freshman class are coming in. Yeah. They're ready to like learn politics, right? Yeah. Like, and so it's good. It's good because they can work their way up to a point where they're ready to like kill her and eat her corpse. But right. you don't just get that for free. You have yeah. to level up. Yeah. Yeah, you, <laughs> right.
0: yeah, you come for the king. You come correct, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I think it's fine. I I wonder if there were any really sincere, you know, claimants for the throne. Yeah. That's what I kind of yeah. Kinda, I feel yeah like... No, well,
1: it, it became clear that people wanted to vote against her, but no one wanted to oppose her directly right, right? like and uh, interestingly to me um and this is part of why i opened on nancy pelosi uh i think there is evidence at least from my perspective that trump fears her because
2: i, 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 hope, so. She, I hope so i so mean, well we but he's you. he a lot
1: of the time he doesn't always make good decisions and assessments about people right? right but like for example like he has yet to come up with like a degrading nickname for nancy pelosi yeah and he's had opportunities. So, I mean, like, I think that's, like, a big Trump tell.
0: I think it's also that she's running circles around him already, right? Like, yeah. I think uh, as soon as... She, uh, even before she was Speaker towards the end of last year, yeah. it's very clear that she's in charge, yeah. right? And it, I think that's kind of the thing, right? So Mitch McConnell's afraid of him. Chuck Schumer doesn't have power. But yeah. when Nancy Pelosi walks into, like, a negotiating room with him, she's not, she's not like, caving in. She is... Strong and she is—I mean, fierce. Like she's yeah. not.
1: She's not going anywhere, and yeah, she's one of the smarter people in the room. Right, and right? she's like.
0: good at. Uh, ironically, she's good at making a deal. Right, like, yeah. and that and that's important, right, yeah. for the deal maker in chief. It's hard to sit across the table with someone who is clearly running circles around him in terms of making a deal.
2: Yeah, and no, I'll say she earned it. You know, Anybody all, anybody in the Democratic Party had a chance to be the one that sat up there for eight hours and filibustered on behalf of DACA. But yeah, absolutely. It was absolutely. That did it. Yeah, yeah. No, like An 80-year-old here. woman
1: in heels, yeah, yeah, right? Like- right.
2: <laughs> yeah, so uh, but with she understood first that immigration was going to be the biggest deal. Uh, and that the person who is the strongest on that was going to be the one who uh, came in with the strongest case to make <laughs> against Trump, since that was going to be his legacy issue. Uh, so, whether or not she's capable, she's going to cave on it or believes in it, she has the strongest starting point being the immovable wall that he's up against
0: in the beginning. Right? Ironically. Ironically.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I mean
0: they, it's not to say that she doesn't have her flaws. And going in.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, no, totally.
0: And I want to kind of acknowledge one thing that's happened, which has changed, is that. Going into the speakership contest, let's say there was ever a speakership contest yeah. in reality, the fact that, that Republicans keep pulling up Nancy Pelosi as this shibboleth of the left, right? Like yeah. she's some you know dark horse that was going to take away whatever your guns. And she ends up in some ways in some corners of the Republican Party or the right wing uh, firmament uh, being the specter of, of the left wing that is uh, – an anathema. And I, think I, think that it,
1: would, I think that would apply to anyone who took the speakership, though. And I mean, you watched it happen to Paul Ryan, right? Like, on the left, like, now lots of people hate him. And Nancy Pelosi, in addition to being the speaker, is also very effective, and so it's in their interest to, like, control the messaging. And for a while, the Democratic Party was kind of letting them.
0: Right. I think more, more to, I think more in argument for the idea that Nancy Pelosi was a, a name brand is that she would actually run in advertisements, right? Mm-hmm. And I think in some ways no one... Uh, sort of used the Paul Ryan brand as this kind of looming threat the way that the Republicans Mm -hmm. use Nancy Pelosi as a looming threat but I would say that now with the freshman class being to the left of Nancy Pelosi she, I think that that yeah, threat there, of Nancy Pelosi has gone away. Like, it's such an Alexandra interesting dynamic. Alexandria
1: cortez is much yeah. more exciting, yeah. right? Like, and
0: she's much more leftist, yeah. right? Like, she's much she's more like, the She's like, let's
1: threat. tax people 70%. You know, yeah. like, like yeah. she says things that are, like, very exciting for Republicans to get mad right. right about.
0: absolutely. So now, all of a sudden, Nancy Pelosi, as opposed to being this threat to middle America's yeah. interest, is mm, this person that maybe you can work with, but all of a sudden yeah. she's become a centrist representative yeah, of the yeah, Democratic sure. she's Party. She's
1: like, well, we can't impeach without a specific reason. right. Yeah. And like Republicans are like <laughs> she's, all sort of,
0: <laughs> she's become yeah, she's become much more reasonable. She does, she just doesn't hold that sort of marketing. I think she always was pretty reasonable.
1: She I mean and, she's clearly, she's yeah. a pragmatist. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. But the thing that I
2: think is the best about Nancy Pelosi, which makes her such a great uh, leader for now, is that she has no future. So whatever she's doing now is that's that's the end of her legacy, right? So she is she that makes her incredibly strong because she knows that probably likely the best thing she ever does the, mo- the thing she will be most remembered for is leading the opposition against Trump in this time and then she'll she'll be
0: done. Sure, but I think that also brings to the point is how well is she going to do at succession planning right so yeah. i don't know that's yeah. a so, weakness so it's a weakness in
1: a way actually so i was thinking about that this week and i was actually thinking that maybe one of the best things that could have happened was for Crowley to get knocked off right um because it i know i know you're breaking miracle
0: jones's heart <laughs> but right?
1: in terms of succession planning right it sort of forces a democratic reevaluation of who's next in line, and I think that, for all that Nancy Pelosi held the seat, I don't see anyone of the older generation who's the same level of, like, formidable, and I think that they might actually end up with fresh blood, and they got some concessions out of her in terms of, like, rules on the floor, and they had one Republican from, like, Problem Solvers Caucus, like, vote in favor of the Democratic Rules Package, so I I don't know, I, I think...
2: The the speaker of the house being the representative from Jackson Heights would have been incredible. So I can't agree with you. <laughs> I mean, just from a personal, you know, you know, retail politics standpoint, that's insane what you're saying. But at the same time, like I, I get, I hear you. Like somebody with more of a, you know, Crowley had no national platform, and uh, he was, uh, yeah, definitely older than some of the new people who seem to be. Uh, taking the spotlight, but I I like a gray cardinal uh, running things as opposed to somebody uh, with pizzazz. I hate pizzazz. I hate so like I'm, <laughs> I'm
1: I'm not big on pizzazz in the house. Yeah. But um, but you can be a gray cardinal and run things from behind the scenes without yeah. being the speaker. You know, like I don't know. It's it's.
2: Well, I mean, I think I think the, a large part of the speaker's job is to absorb. Mm. You know, is to be like tofu yeah. and to just. Take on everybody's rage, mm-hmm. in order to, uh, you know, parcel out tributes and and punishment. Right,
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, you have to be you're you're the referee so more than you are a leader most a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. So that's not the position Nancy Pelosi finds herself in now. Mm-hmm. But because she has no future, I think. It still she's free to works. do anything. Yeah, it still works because she's no one's wondering where she's going from here or mm-hmm. if she has ul- ulterior motives. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I guess she could theoretically be you know trying to get the presidency but or vice that's or awesome. vice presidency yeah, or vice presidency, but uh, that I mean that seems unlikely, but yeah, possible for sure. Um,
0: yeah, so I think it's worth <clears throat> asking what is going to happen. Yeah. Under Pelosi, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I think the idea is that, okay, we all agree that she is probably one of the best vote counters in House's recent history. She's certainly an effective whip. I think she can wield an unwieldy caucus together. But the idea is, what are the policies that are going to come out of this? Yeah, what does that mean
1: for an opposition party? Right.
0: And I don't know Mm -hmm. if she has a strong, because we talked a little bit about her pragmatism, uh, pragmatism, but I think, I don't know if she has a strong ideological or programmatic drive right mm-hmm. and I don't know what that is and I think like you said she's a she can be a tofu I think that's generally yeah I the think speaker. she's a
1: party loyalist I think she's yeah. party of the uh, policy no. which under normal circumstances is the opposite of what I'm into but in yeah. the house at least it means that she's adaptive um, but I think I do think I think there's a couple things that we could see come out of this I think um, depending on how the shutdown goes It may reach a level where people start to want to see compromise again
0: i'll agree with that i think that's true
1: yeah like because there's no end in sight right? right no one is bending from their position and that's a game that no one wins and i think eventually well first of all i think that republicans in congress are already kind of tired of it like anyone who wasn't in the freedom caucus was already tired of this game and you can see it in mitch mcconnell's refusal to engage in any way and what is going on right now he's sort of locked in his office doing whatever he does mm. um but yeah i think i think
2: pelosi's inclination or at least should be and it, she she's signaled this is that the democrats want she wants to referee a spirited and fierce you know discussion about policy mm. you know and to try to get to things that eventually they'll be able to pass mm-hmm. not uh Uh, in a grandstanding way of passing bill after bill that has no chance, but understanding that the thing that can be done now is these discussions that the Republican Party didn't do, which is hashing out things that can be voted on, You know, as opposed to shot down by the Freedom Caucus as soon as there's power. Getting everybody on board earlier in the process so that you can pull the trigger on it once it happens immediately. Getting getting these things worked out by uh, in public and uh, in a way that gets the Democrats excited.
0: Well, I think there's an interesting role for Pelosi to play in the sense that she's going to be a referee uh, to larger debates within the Democratic Party, and that's actually going to be mirrored in the larger... Uh, debate, uh, not outside the Congress, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that's interesting, whereas in Pelosi there is a referee, at least in Congress, there is no referee outside of Congress, right? Yeah, and so yeah. we're actually, I mean, there could have been, right? There could have been a national figure. There could be someone who's a leading candidate for the president. They could be effectively a de facto referee for these debates. But now uh, it's just Pelosi, I think. Yeah, And that's interesting, right? Like yeah. there's actually a, a role to be had. But I wonder how that's going to play out, because obviously you have different factions. One is, and, and actually it, within the shutdown debate, you have a centrist faction that is somewhat hawkish on the deficit, and then the leftist younger faction that is not hawkish on the deficit by its nature, right? Yeah. And so I think that's that's test number one. So like I think it's okay for us to kind of hash this out and not really know what to do, because right now the centrists have some natural Republican allies, but maybe not enough, right? So I, I think- wonder...
1: I also, I, I do think that with respect to the deficit question, I just think it's interesting that I feel like she has made a pivot toward quote-unquote fiscal responsibility. That's I think we are reaching a point where I suspect it will be understood or felt that no one has a claim to fiscal responsibility. Right. And so mm-hmm. it's not so much that Democrats have a credible claim as that their claim is as credible as anyone else's, and no one's really is because that's, no one's actually.
2: Yeah, a that's here. a good point. Well, let's define this a little bit. So we're, and you guys are talking about the the, uh, the vote about PAYGO, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. That's so
1: that's we're actually, alluding to PAYGO. Yeah yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. So that that was that came up this week. Uh, I believe there were two people that dissented, and PAYGO basically in a nutshell says that For you have to be able to pay for anything you propose Mm
0: -hmm. over Uh, a a period of time, right? So there's it doesn't have to be immediate.
2: That's different. Yeah, and this is in contrast to I guess I would slightly disagree. The Republican policy of for anything proposed, you have to have cuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that yes, so that would be. Are, along some vectors of fiscal responsibility, more responsible, right? So if we're, if we're looking at like, well, so Pago would then be moving the goalpost a little bit to uh, you. At well, least have to be sure, to
1: it's follow. moving the, the nominal goalpost, but yeah. provided that they actually follow through on it, it's like you know, right? which cut go is not what we've actually sort of right. Been, and I don't
2: think Pago will be either. If there's I, a if there's a centerpiece, you know. Big piece of legislation. Yeah, that if the infrastructure gets passed. Somehow. Yes, say as an emergency. They will. The first thing they will do. In the yeah, let alone Medicare. Really, yeah, right, exactly. Which uh, some people might argue is an emergency, but the, the as you as you guys remember, t- <laughs> as you guys
1: remember, my personal policy: Medicare for is all, Medicare for now. everyone, or Medicare for yeah, no yeah, one. Yeah, 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 the
2: yeah, the the death panel of one. I mean,
1: <laughs> I think it's I think it's only fair. I look at a boomer and I think. Do they have a better right to exist as a human being than younger people? (laughs) What they
2: got in their basement that they haven't even seen.
0: (laughs) That I could have on that lawn. (laughs) You know, this brings up a point that I've been thinking about is that... I
1: think everyone should have health care. Just to reiterate, I am not trying to be a death panel of one. You know know what? You've persuaded me, me and I agree
0: with you. What what were you going to (laughs) say? Oh, What? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> two two points I was thinking of one again once again we uh, our safety net has become too strong if Miracle Jones ever has health care right <laughs> <If> that <laughs> is, that <laughs> is uh, you're taking too many of my taxes if yeah. he can actually get free doctor yeah that is just too much yeah. um, two I actually wonder I wonder if one of the things that's happening in how we dialogue how we discuss certain topics or how we define certain sensitivities is that uh, the dialogue around how we treat elderly is actually becoming entirely too insensitive, right? I've actually seen this a lot, where things like someone who is oh, like geriatric and boomer becomes like a derogatory term, like in which you can like kind of smear someone's entire outlook. It's like, oh, you're just a boomer, blah blah right. blah blah. And I want to, and so I think this is an interesting space because I spend some time on Twitter or not. Uh, too much, but you know, probably I too much. I see,
1: Kamalash, that you have a good relationship with your parents. I
0: do have a good relationship <laughs> with my parents. Like uh, basic Asian culture of filial piety, um, it, it runs strong. My but, parents
2: are also Gen X because the, they're at the far that uh, right. I'm at the, the yeah. slide, the low uh, So
0: we're sh- we're shared in our suspicion
2: of, uh, uh, of both
0: <laughs> and millennials. Yeah, and millennials. So yeah, yeah, that's something I have in common with my parents. Right. <laughs> so I was going to say. Uh, as I see, kind of younger people talking about this thing, right? You kind of retreat from um, using derogatory terms versus certain groups, but yeah. all of a sudden that just oh, that just squeezes the balloon, and all of a sudden you become way insensitive about just deriding an entire <laughs> age demographic. Yeah, you shouldn't. Yeah, yeah and so, I think, and it's so, also that's so a so again weapon to clarify,
1: I think so. that everyone should have health care. Right, right,
0: absolutely. You're, you're, you're,
1: you're. So the real question you're an is, is what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, not, yeah. No, no, no. I just not, say, you
0: know. I've just seen like online and language like all of a sudden Boomer and geriatric becomes like sweeping derogatory ways of life I okay. think a
1: lot of that is reactionary to yeah. the way that millennials are discussed which as a couple of sure. genaxers perhaps flies by you guys in terms of the level Definitely of aggressiveness yeah. I don't know if you <laughs> guys ever saw there's a browser add-in that right. converts every instance of the word millennial to snake people Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. oh that's interesting I would, sure. just like
2: to, I would just like to reiterate <laughs> something we mentioned earlier on this podcast but generation theory itself was a, is a weapon used by the right in order to divide uh, and is taken up like by Steve Bannon very intentionally to, you know he, he's one of the people that really loves Strauss Howe generational theory which is 100% bullshit and we should and and, ideally avoid talking about it all together. and
0: if it has any sort of empirical fact is actually working Completely against the Republican Party, yeah, as yeah. as he would see it. And right. generational theory is actually a huge indictment of the entire promise of the Republican Party sure. in ten years. Yeah, you, yeah. You, if he actually believed in generational theory, he would be panicking. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah yeah. Right, right. yeah, yeah, it would be or moving to Poland, learning yeah. to speak Hungarian. <laughs> right. Uh,
2: yeah, but I think all I think Americans are go through stages that are largely the same. Uh, I, don't, I don't. I can't imagine a generation that's been called industrious. They're all lazy and.
0: No, I think our generation lazy. was particularly apathetic and anti <laughs> I mean, that's true. But I don't. <laughs> think
2: that, I don't think that has anything to do with. I don't think that has anything to do with the nature of it. I think it has to do with how small it was. Like it was a tiny generation between. Two, uh, two we should have two a whole discussion
0: ones. on how. Um, how I what I think about my relationship with generation. being Generation yeah. X because I grew up in a very specific pocket of like a very vocal philosophical movement within Generation X. which was slacker culture. Huh. I, grew up uh, in Lincoln, I like
1: how you're industrious in spite of yourself. <laughs> right, exactly. And so, I think we
2: all are, I think that's the truth about Gen X, is like it's very hardworking.
1: You're hate, all just pretending to be Daria? Yeah. Well, be, yeah it's <laughs> a little bit like,
2: we definitely mistrust it when it's visible. Uh-huh. We definitely don't reward it when it's, you know, we, yeah, hate, we hate grinds and we hate fucking show-offs it's just part of it
0: yeah Yeah, but i because i just visiting the heartland again and chapel hill north carolina um it's interesting to think about like my generational philosophy how that really affected me it's a weird thing to go grow up in sort of white slacker culture and Mm -hmm. be like this industrious asian american and still have like certain like certain pieces of it rub off on you like i'm really distrustful of like certain things or like Certain, like, oh, that's corporate entertainment. How yeah. bad is that? Like, yeah. all of those kind of vestigial, like, reflexes. Yeah, 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 And you're yeah, like, yeah. oh, wait, and how I think about my tastes? like, <laughs> oh, my tastes are naturally superior because I don't buy into this. And I'm like, I cannot believe I'm saying this at my age. This what? is nonsense. Well, the- I loved Marvel Entertainment.
2: Well, the thing Aww. is, like, I think the thing about Gen X is it had to develop taste yeah Because nobody was making anything for them Because there was no financial incentive Right So we grew up in this like World where everybody was making all this shit for boomers They were making it for themselves Where like we had to pick and choose what's good uh-huh, uh-huh. And then we, there was no There was maybe like five years When you know like I was like dead wood Knees bound and down Oh Which man. are great And then that was it That was the two <laughs> things That were great And then like now Then they just started making guys? Can you guys, can you guys of,
1: claim the wire was that? Yeah,
2: the wire. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, like, this is that, and then yeah, everything else. since has been for millennials, and so once again, we're trying to pick and choose what's good for millennials, right? Yeah. Like So oh, our taste making, our ta- But you yeah. know, it's weird.
1: I have a motion to uh, that. I think that we millennials should rebrand ourselves the second greatest generation. Oh, yeah. I'm sure and you I, will. I think it. I think yeah. it for <laughs> <Yeah>. several <laughs> reasons. Well, because here's the thing: like we lived through the second deepest recession, oh, sure. right? Yeah. So right. Sure Many be. of us have gone to <laughs> gone to war, right? Sure. Like overwhelming population of veterans. It'll piss boomers off, right? Mm-hmm. right? Um, and you guys won't care because you are care. inherently <laughs> skeptical of anyone labeling themselves with anything. And then so. no way will we
0: claim to be anywhere in the ranking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: You, you would prefer to judge the idea of well, Gen yeah. itself. That's
0: where the term Gen X
2: comes from because <laughs> we refuse to, to choose a name for ourselves uh-huh. or believe in it. So they're like, well, we'll
0: just call it Max as a placeholder. And we're like, great. great. <laughs> <laughs> X, X it is. <laughs> Solid band. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, The other thing I think that came out of being Gen X is actually uh, a a weirdness or a suspicion of, like, social norms, Mm -hmm. which I Mm. think was actually long-term... Uh, deleterious to my like mm-hmm. bringing like my development where like you kind of are suspicious of like, oh, this is the popular people and like, oh, we're gonna celebrate the people who can't fit in. And I was like, maybe, just maybe. I would have been slightly better if I had actually had a little bit of pressure to fit in. Yeah. Um, only because it for- would force me to relate to like a lot of people as opposed to being like really triumphant in my like mm-hmm. committee of three right. that like has followed me throughout my life. And like, but then that's uh, the said, contrarian and antisocial. What, yeah.
2: Because it's such a small generation Often you were just a committee three. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, right. it's, it's hard uh, to. Yeah. You look at the numbers, and it's incredible, like, how. Breed. yeah small yeah yeah people just weren't breeding
1: a committee three of three of you your mom and your dad <laughs> I, said,
2: yeah. I mean I'm telling you like our schools were you know they were empty like there yeah. was nobody there nobody Whoa. you know like the movies for kids were like dark as shit acid romps
1: through like
0: the imagination you of have, like some movie. post-apocalyptic you didn't even like, yeah.
1: grunge right like
2: well, grunge was yeah grunge cr- wasn't even cool Like grunge was like so a, true a story I'm movement.
1: I'm the right age to have learned what grunge was from Betty and Veronica <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, grunge
2: was already, like, a sellout movement that was, like, sad that it happened. Although, you know, like, the true, like, weird shit was, like, like, yeah you had like like hip-hop i think was uh, oh no i
1: accidentally got you talking about what music well i think I think, <laughs> I think hip-hop is the true
2: gen x like contribution but it's just because yeah. it's not yeah it's, because yeah yeah it's not
1: problematic like cultural reasons yeah yeah, yeah
2: yeah
0: but that's what we I mean. everybody was has opinions about
2: that's fair it. but uh yeah the, uh anyway moving on
0: well do we have any final thoughts on policy because one of the things i think yeah. is like it, obviously, she's going to play this role. I think it's a very interesting role. It's yeah. in general, if we go around the table, mm-hmm. we like the fact that she's playing this role. But I wonder what it really means in terms of both policy and also strategy for the Democratic Party. Yeah. Well, but, I, I mean, it's an open question. I don't know. If we mm-hmm. get to. We need to resolve that. But
2: I, you know, I, I don't. I don't Pelosi can take anything. That's the, that's what we get from Pelosi, right? Like, no one's going to win, really, too many points from shitting on her. And you can. She's fine with that. As yeah, she, as,
1: she's just going to get get yeah, votes, right? It's absorb like... it, yeah.
2: So anybody that wants to move to the right or to the left of Pelosi has an opportunity to do so, and we'll see which one gets more applause, right? Like, that's... I think that's going to be her... Specific role, while she represents somebody that the Republicans are going to have a really hard time persuading to come along to whatever they want to do. Right? Yeah, so she should be a great so should be a great uh, contrarian while at the same time being somebody that young Democrats will be able to make their bones pretending to oppose. Right. Yeah.
1: Her. Yeah. She's a good opportunity to. <laughs>
2: yeah. And learning the tricks of the trade, and the learning all the tricks of the trade. Like who would who do you think Alexandria Ocasio Cortez is? spending more time with and learning more from right now. Mm-hmm. Sanders or Pelosi, mm-hmm. right? I'm like, <laughs> sure Pelosi, she's yeah. like at Pelosi's elbow. If she's smart. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah if she's she, smart. Yeah.
1: Dude, if Pelosi offered me a job today, I would move yeah. again, right? Well, like, yeah, totally. But, um, <clears throat> I was thinking recently about what I think Pelosi's weak points are, yeah. and I do think that there are a few areas where she's weak, and it actually touches on uh, what I actually think of as some of Trump's strengths. So... Yeah. Um, she is not particularly good at messaging. I think almost no one in politics right now is particularly good at messaging. Yeah. Um, but the reason I mention is, so I just finished reading this book. I think I mentioned it a while ago on the podcast, but I put it down for a long time because I had stuff going on um, called Made to Stick, why some ideas stay and others don't or whatever. Um, and um, it's, uh, it's pretty interesting. So the things that they say make an idea sticky, right? Like are, um, it needs to be, what is it? Simple, unexpected, concrete, credible, emotional, and a story, right? So, like, in the context of the kind of things that they're asserting about what makes ideas stick, um, you know, you could make the argument that Trump's we want a wall, right, like, is a better, more persuasive idea than... Well, we want. We think it's important for everyone to have access to healthcare, right? Like, it's not. That's not concrete enough, right? Like, you need a an, an image almost, right? And uh, and so I was thinking about this in terms of how effective. And again, it's sort of the opposite of how people think of Trump, right? They think of him as inarticulate, but in yeah. fact, in some ways, he's a really effective communicator in terms of his ability to put together and present ideas that people have very strong reactions to, right? Like his. Rhetoric on the wall has certainly done more to mobilize Democrats than anything you've heard out of a Democrat in the last decade, almost. Right? Yeah. No, I um, think it's
0: forced us, enforced the Democratic Party to move to the left. Yes, I mean,
1: I yeah, think Yeah, I'm, I'm for it. But, yeah. but in terms of effective communication, people are certainly taking his ideas home. Right? right? Like right. they may not agree with them, but they're not forgetting them. It doesn't disappear into a, like a gray slurry of policy words. That people don't remember, you know, like I think I think in terms of communication, and it's interesting to me because she clearly has the ability to whip votes. So she obviously is some kind of effective communicator and deal maker in private settings, right? right. But in terms of her public communication I mean, I can remember a few things Nancy Pelosi have said that stick with me, but I've been sort of following her for a long time and she's done it's not like you can just produce Remember that time that she said X, Y, or Z, right? Tinkle but contest with a skunk. Recently. But Five that's very stars. recently. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel so like much. that's that that's like a recent effort. Whereas like and you don't really hear it about her policy goals. Yeah. Right. right? Um, and so I think selling things to the public is not a strong skill of hers. Mm-hmm. And that's why she started to get in trouble in terms of potential challenges to the speakership, although again, you know, whatever. Um, so that's and
0: that's also why she could be a shibboleth of the right, right? Like yeah, could... yeah,
1: exactly, because they can control the messaging around. Right, right. Um, so that I think she does. She's very weak at. Yeah,
2: the ability to tell a simple, brutal, dumb, and effective story is not the same as being colonized by one. You have to have control over that if you want it to be effective. That's the problem I see with John, right? I see, yes. I see him being obsessed, not like using language in a way that is effective and mm-hmm. persuasive. Interesting. All right.
1: Interesting.
0: Uh, Alright, Other. so what are the other weaknesses you see in Pelosi?
1: Well, I mean, that was the big one that I was thinking I think about she, recently.
0: I think she has no vision. I think she has no policy <laughs> vision, and that's mm-hmm. problematic. Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily have to be problematic in the kind of hurly-burly everyday kind of fight that is politics but in the long term right she's if she's going to be the leader of the party which she effectively is for a number of reasons Mm. we've already talked about she has no policy goal right she has Mm -hmm. no vision she's Mm -hmm. like a brilliant tactician uh and a party fighter right like Mm -hmm. she's a tactical Mm -hmm. party fighter that's what she is right but she has no vision for the party and Mm -hmm. she has no policy driver right Mm -hmm. and that may be perfect but i find that Problematic.
1: Yeah, no, that makes sense. I think in the absence of other charismatic party leaders who come across as credible and not purely rhetorical, which right. I think is, like, a problem on the right. left, right? It's, like...
0: Super easy to speak nice words. <clears throat> yeah, yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. It's, like, I, I mean, I think this is, like, one of the big problems that Elizabeth Warren is going to have, right? Like, she's a professor. She comes across as a professor. Right. Right?
0: Yeah, I wonder if, if she can be more than just a narrow political party technician, mm-hmm. right? So- I mean, I still think Pelosi is
2: one of the furthest left on the subject of human rights, whatever you mean by a left. Like, mm-hmm. I think I think she is less interested in economic justice than maybe other Democrats, but like I said, she was the one that was out there, you know, doing a filibuster for eight hours and heels about DACA. Anybody else could have done that, but it wasn't. Anybody yeah. else knows her. So as far as like some moral high ground or some, you know, human rights mm-hmm. centric focus of the Democratic Party, she has staked that out for herself. And that's why that's you know, that's that's one of the reasons I support her so strongly.
0: Well I think this segues into the second point, which yeah. is really how is this translated into the recent shutdown? Yeah, so now we shut Yeah. Right?
2: Should we give a little bit of the of where we are now yeah. for
0: posterity? No. Yeah, since it's it's Saturday we feel... <laughs> Day, I don't even know what day of the shutdown in a partial I sort think of 12? S- yeah. To eleven yeah, twelve. It was, like.
2: before, it was before Christmas, right? So, yeah. yeah.
0: So we're in a partial shutdown. Yeah. Uh, the funds are slowly depleting of various yeah. agencies, and of
2: all the shutdowns that have happened, the three in the during the Trump administration, and even Ted Cruz's dumb one, this seems like the most consequential and the realist one. Uh, I would say. Uh, I think
0: I would argue that it, that's not r- true in the short term, right? So right. I think government agencies, because they've been right. somewhat uh, in, in near, near to this kind of process. they, they This have, is no
1: longer their first rodeo. Yeah, yeah, this is
0: no longer their first rodeo. They've had ways of hoarding cash, uh, hoarding funds, hoping that they could, you know, draw out an existence for two or three weeks. Um, this is actually, at the same time, though, I think you're right. In the longer term, it actually hurts them because people are not panicking, right? There's not an immediate consequence people are like okay well we can wait this one out we know how to deal with this but mm-hmm. should i mean there's some real consequences that come out in middle of the month end of the month that is going to be really really painful and i think you're and this begins to bring up your point right that there are real consequences that things in the short term look much better and then i think things in the medium or short term just a little bit down the road, look much worse. Well, also, I think it's it's a big deal because
2: the two principal parties have antied everything. Like they've both both sides have gone all in immediately.
1: Nobody's left struggle. themselves any particular room to negotiate. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's interesting to see where this will go. I think I thought that.
2: Um, so so just to back up a little bit. So before yeah, the holiday, we had the Senate vote for a continuing resolution unanimously to. Fund the government with the continuing, you know, 1.6 billion or whatever for border security, right? And then Trump initially agreed to this. There was an outcry on the right, and then he came out and said that he would not be, well, you know, uh, supporting this. And the outgoing
1: residence. Republican House. Yeah.
2: Then put up a different bill that was more along the lines of what Trump wanted, and passed it. But to what end, right? Like then the Senate refused to take that up or didn't bother. Because what's the point? They were not going to get the ten Democratic votes that they needed. Then they all those Republicans disappeared. So then the Democrats took over. So and then the first thing they did was pass their own bill
1: uh, that
2: was that included it, no, and was essentially the Senate. Or no, today, I think
1: it was like one point. Yeah, meeting. essentially
2: the Senate's negotiated continuing resolution to reopen the government. So that's where we are now, right? And now Trump has said they've had meetings. Trump has said, under no circumstances will they reopen the government, it'll stay shut for years, years, uh, unless there is money for the wall, whereas Nancy Pelosi has similarly said in no uncertain terms that there will be no money for the wall, that end of the story. So, Like I said, that, that makes it an existential struggle between these two leaders of the party. It's not proxies here. Uh, undergoing these negotiations, it's not it's not Ted Cruz v. Obama, right? It's not you know Mitch McConnell versus the Freedom Caucus. We have Trump versus Nancy Pelosi, right? So that and Chuck
1: and, Schumer. So like there there have though. been Schumer is, yeah yeah. I mean yeah, as long minority. as he controls at least ten. Yeah men. yeah he
2: does control those ten votes, but I I, I don't. There's a really interesting piece uh, about Harry Reid who is about to die. Uh, by Mark Leibovich, Uh, uh, It it talks about, you know, he gets Harry Reid on the record about who he's talking to right now and he Mm -hmm. says talks to Andy Pelosi every day and Chuck Schumer, you know, once a month, maybe, doesn't want to, you know, they don't really get along, you know. Yeah,
0: I can see that. Very different people. (laughs) Very, very different different people. Uh, Well, I want to just bring up a policy thing, which is, it's interesting because we already mentioned this, how much the fight over border security has marked The leftward swing of the Democratic Party, right? So there was never a time, I think, either in in the Obama administration, where the Democrats weren't willing to fund to some degree border security. However vague it was, it could have even taken the part of like a physical barrier, aka wall. Mm -hmm. Um, And actually, this would have been a policy uh, that the Democrats, a lot of the Democrats, would have felt very comfortable with, if not the entire Democratic Party, up until. 2015, and since Trump's with, signal. With some
2: big caveats, huge ones. Environment and uh, negotiation with Mexico, right? Like, so it being something that both sides are interested in.
0: Right. Right, I mean, but to some degree that yeah. you could have put up stretches of fence, right. for sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. or stretches of wall, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, the fact that Donald Trump said, this is my hill to die upon, said that, fine, you will die upon it. <laughs> and so the Democratic Party has mm-hmm. moved way to the left on, on policies that would have been really mainstream for them even maybe four years ago.
1: What I found really interesting in the last couple of weeks is that, you know, I've been sort of following the immigration stuff on an ongoing basis, Um, and you've seen new arguments come out of Democrats that I haven't seen before. like Things like, well, only 2.5% of people in this country illegally are entering via the Mexican border, right? Like, most people who are in this country illegally are overstaying their visas. That's like, Making the argument for immigration reform around legal status. Well, right? also it just means
2: they're vetted as well. They got yeah. a visa in the first place, so yep. why are they a fucking problem? But that's my opinion. Yeah. Uh, the 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 scary thing about illegal immigration is some criminal sneaking across the border in the dead of night.
0: Which... Yeah, either to create Ms. Thirteen. Sort of... Yeah. Which well, is... e- either to sell drugs or to kill white women or to bring
1: drugs to bring crime. You yeah, know, and all of it.
0: Steal a job in yeah. in Midwest. Well, I think mean, that's less so, but I mean, really, the way that it works. Like if you see Daily Wire type stuff, yeah, it's true. always to kill white women. Right. Uh, to sell drugs. Which you or know, white to white men do more than
2: anybody by the way. It's a right uh, now. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
0: and also to um, you know, start terrorist cells. Right. Mm. So that's those are kind of the three like outsized high <laughs> Uh, low probability, high impact—I guess—kind mm-hmm. of risks that the Republican Party tends to focus their rhetoric on. They think it was a on. crisis, right? Yeah, that yeah. They, that they, they think t- that we're in an
1: active state of crisis, crisis where right. we are being invaded by rapists, murders, and drug dealers. Right. Yeah, dealings, yeah. Right? those are all.
2: Crimes and situations where we have data about, we can objectively say that we are not. Or if anything, these problems have gone down. They're less of a problem than they were in 2006. For and
0: it's worth reiterating the statistics that are most credible show yeah. that on the order of Maybe by 50 percent, the likelihood of an illegal immigrant creating any or or committing any kind of crime is about half of what it is for the native population. (laughs) Sure, exactly. Because (laughs) largely, because you don't want to get caught. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because there are real consequences if you go. Yeah. And people who who migrate, their population has an ability to think and plan and make decisions and try to fit into a new world, so they're yeah, able to make... if
1: you're going to make the decision to move to another country, right, right? like yeah. that requires there's some invested, level of planning and, and invested
0: in Yeah, investment in it and mm-hmm. so, by definition by basic mathematics, you take away the illegals, you raise the crime rate that's right. just that's just the basic calculation
2: and there's no <laughs> <fellow Yes. point. laughs> yeah. and there's no uh, it's hard for people who live in the United States to get some perspective on what the United States means to people who don't I, it right. does not mean a place where life is easy and everything is taken care of, and, and everything will be better for you. It represents opportunity. Which and to is that point, a, it's a yeah. brutal place where the left has very little power. You will not be easily taken care of at the bottom. Instead, you will be able to rise in the world. Right? Yeah, and I think
0: experience in some ways fun, fundamental freedoms. Right? Yeah. Like you're able to. That's also yeah.
1: Well, and also I think that there's this rhetoric around, um, well, people should just come to this country legally, to which I would say, how many friends do you have that are immigrants? Have you ever discussed the visa process with them? So I have um, someone on my team who I manage, actually his work authorization ran out yesterday. Now, he got married six months ago and was actually featured in a magazine, his wedding. Like, he's (laughs) quite legitimately married to a U.S. citizen, but, like, they're just not responsive about his papers. And, like... He's in a situation where, like, he's well-backed in terms of his access to, like, lawyers, right, like, in terms of his access to documentation, in terms of having married a U.S. citizen, and, like, it's very challenging for him to get a renewed work authorization. So, like, being in the country legally is not as simple as Fox News would like us to think, right? Like, Right. Yeah, and
2: it doesn't confer the level of benefits either that fox news would have us yeah. believe i mean yeah.
0: it's I well, there I mean, are a lot of people who come to this country who find many rewards that they couldn't find uh, yeah. con- compared to the alternative totally true but with work not just basic default like, yeah. you know, right i mean the job and
1: collect wealth yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah, it's not
2: like that's possible so there you go right like, uh, you're not going to get free healthcare. you're not going
1: to get free anything you might not get healthcare at all yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: You might get put in a concentration camp, actually.
0: Yeah, so I, I mean, I think the, the muddle of trying to get to this country legally is actually really—I mean, it, it's huge, right? Like, it's—it's yeah. it, it's not insignificant. And anyone who's had to deal with immigration problems knows that it is a just a labyrinth of bureaucracy and waiting around. Right. It's—I uh, deal with this all the time uh, mm-hmm. at work, certainly, but also I know people who have gone through this process. It's—it's—it's it's, it's really tough. So. I think the Democratic Party moving to the left on immigration, which it wasn't really clearly on, mm-hmm. even in the late 90s, mid 2000s, mm-hmm. um, is probably a good thing in terms of the way I think about immigration. I'm glad they came to my side on it. But mm-hmm. um, I think there's also a lot to be said for uh, policies that have to do the the kind of space in how we deal with illegal immigrants. Actually we, as a party, we've moved to the left. Right. Mm-hmm. So. I think for a long time, even during the Obama administration, they would say, okay, yes, but illegal immigrants, we have to do something about, right? Obama made a big deal about importing quite a lot of people, right? And I think that policy goal kind of, those those policies kind of stick with us, right? So the party, I think people who are most vocal tend to be on the left of this issue, like, oh, okay, well, we should just open up all uh, path to citizenship immediately for illegal immigrants. But I think in some ways, there's a significant kind of residual or inertia around this policy, right? Both on the Democratic side and certainly on the Republican side, right? You can make an argument that the reason that Obama wasn't effective uh, after, say, the first couple of years is because the right was able to hammer him over and over and over again about immigration. it was like a huge problem for him.
1: I I would say I also think it's important to keep in mind anytime we talk about immigration that the immigration debate happens in the context of messaging that's been hitting Republicans for 30 years that the browning of America is going to be the end of their party, right? right? Specifically their party, that they are going to age out and die and be done culturally and literally. And I think that that messaging has reached them, Mm -hmm. right? And, you know, this is why you hear people... Even floating ideas like getting rid of birthright citizenship, right? Which is yeah. But the
2: conversation has moved from immigration, though, to uh, this splitting away or the literal partitioning of America from Mexico, which I, I think is not... It's important to realize that because we share a common economic destiny with Mexico, that is enshrined in our trade agreements, right? So we're not necessarily even talking about immigration with respect to this. We're talking about creating an uh, economic barrier uh, with a country with whom we share you know, a vast amount of trade mm-hmm. and a cultural you know, similarity, right? Mm-hmm. Deep one, an abiding one. Texas used to be part of Mexico, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so did New Mexico, right? So these are two Places in the United States that whose cultural destiny is more aligned with Mexico than it is, in the Northeast, and we're deciding to cut this in half to do something against the will of these places because out of fear uh, from places elsewhere that this is the where the immigration is coming from. When it isn't, it's a declining population from Mexico coming over, or people are going from. Texas, from the United States, to Mexico to work and you know get stuff done, then
0: the converse, right? And I just want to bring your two points together because yeah. one of the key uh, outcroppings of, of the current debate is how vulnerable places like Texas are to the recent kind of spate of anti-Mexican or anti-trade yeah. or anti-immigrant kind of policies coming from the Trump administration or coming in theory, because. You know, you've seen statistics actually kind of floating out in the past couple of weeks about how much trade of Texas in particular goes to Mexico, right? And, and how hard they would have been hurt should a wall uh, be erected or should barriers be further risen or, uh, or barriers, you know, uh, be further reinforced, rather. Um, and then also how immigration plays out, right? It's just deeply unpopular, uh, in certain parts of Texas, including bore and congressmen who are vehemently opposed to On the wall. On both sides, uh, and, uh, and Beto. Yeah, yeah. right. Heard in particular, a Republican, right? Yeah. Uh, is very much against the wall and because it's immediate local interest way against some of these policies. And once you start to piss off Texas, this is a really hard role for the Republicans to play, right? So, you uh, not only Browning of America, blah, 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 but if you piss off Texas, right, you are also taking a huge chunk out of your coalition. So, yeah. It's beyond just demographics, which are a little bit more visceral yeah. and easier to yeah, understand, yeah. but you're also yeah. messing with Texas politics. Like, which is electorally, like, you're, like, opening you're like, up the Sun Belt, right? Yeah, right. Potentially.
1: Yeah, yeah, right.
0: yeah. There's no way. Once you lose Texas, you're out.
1: So are we saying Beto for president?
2: I I'm more and more. It, may, it makes sense, but I, mm-hmm. I, I want somebody with experience mm-hmm. that makes, mm-hmm. especially after what we've seen, right? I don't want... Two years of having to learn the job. I want somebody who has executive experience immediately because we're going to be facing extreme challenges. But that's just my opinion. Do I think Beto has a really good chance of winning? Should he run?
0: Yeah. I, think. I want to go back to the discussion around the shutdown. Yeah. And so uh, beyond sort of immigration, which is a nice yeah. little side kind of jaunt, what do we actually see in terms of the tactics of the of the shutdown? What do we see? Also the consequences and and how we see this playing out.
2: Yeah, so it's in the best interest of the Democratic Party for Donald Trump to turn this into an executive power issue, right? So to say, I mean, it's in the worst interest of the country, right? but for him, that's the that seems to be his play to get out of this, just to be like, oh, I'm going to use the military to do this. Uh, His
1: actual function. authority to do that is fairly
2: limited. Though. Right, but that'll be the dispute, right? Yeah. So then it'll become like the, it'll become a, a Supreme Court lawsuit. It'll become like the, the travel ban, right? So that seems to be where things are going. I don't know how we avoid that. It is in Trump's nature to do
0: that. Well, I think we avoid that by the fact that the Trump administration has proven itself incapable of carrying out even even the basic executive order. Right. right. I mean, I don't think it's going to
2: work. I just think that. Is, no, I just yeah.
0: You know, I, so I think. Oh, you're saying that? That's where all the the rhetoric, the rhetoric will, rhetoric will land. There. Okay, that makes sense because I yeah. think it'll actually not happen, right? He right. Exactly. To... Yeah. But yeah. it'll be it'll he'll
2: he'll have satisfied his base and you know doing whatever he can to make it happen, and he will have abided by what the Republicans Democrats want him to do, which
1: is
0: reopen the government and shut the fuck mm-hmm. up.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Practically, do you see any room on the Democratic side to negotiate?
1: <laughs> um. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think the room is there. And it, it's funny because we had this conversation like a year ago when I was yeah. like, well, I think for some nominal funding they can do DACA and get away with it. I don't think that anymore, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> so, you know, like what Democrats have learned from a series of Republican shutdowns is that two years from an election doesn't matter. Doesn't no one's going to remember. No. So, like, they don't feel any particular pressure to, like, you know, they'll say all of the things that you say when you ostensibly want to reopen the government and obviously everyone wants to reopen the government but the existential threat is more to Trump than it is to Democrats and so
2: So we're going to stop right here halfway and uh, pick up again. It's going to be a two part one so we're going to release the second half uh, very soon